Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Fighting on Film podcast, the podcast all about classic and obscure war movies, from the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords. If it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie of RM Military History. I'm Matthew Moss of Historical Firearms and the Armourer's Bench. Hello, welcome back to Fighting on Film. Now, this week, if you've uh, been keeping up to date on the uh, Twitter, you'll know that this film is a very interesting war film. <laughs> and it's Matt's doing because he was adamant that we'd cover this. Because sometimes after the show, we kick back, open a beer, um, and we just search the streaming websites for obscure films, ones you films might we haven't seen. Yeah. Yeah, films we haven't seen. And we saw the trailer for this one. We were like, oh my God, like, what is this? It's one of these asylum mockbuster type films and we've not done one of these movies before so matt do you want to explain to the, the the lovely audience out there what this movie is this week well let me read from the i um the imdb pages synopsis <laughs> pt218 the rebels of world war ii not only tells a true story but gives us never seen details of what happened in 1943 at the height of world war ii the atlantic ocean became a deadly battleground an American torpedo boat fights against the constant bombardment of German forces. Let's unpack that. So, PT-218, that's the name of the of the ship that this film's about, okay? No, it's not. Because no. it's not about that ship at all. It's not about um, that, sh- that ship. We'll come, we'll come to that ship is sunk within five minutes. Uh, um, and it says, you will learn new details about what happened in 1943. Great, okay. What happened huh. in 1943? All sorts. Um just nothing, height, this, nothing that happened in this movie happened in 1943. <laughs> At the height of World War II, the Atlantic Ocean, this film is not set in the Atlantic Ocean, it's set in the Med. There's no Atlantic Ocean in this, it's brilliant. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I mean, technically it is because they filmed it on a ship that was technically in the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, but that's got nothing to do with the plot that you really, really are stretching. There's got nothing to, nothing to do with the film. No, no, no. As an American torpedo boat, the torpedo boat is in the film for all of four minutes. Uh, yeah. Fights against constant bombardment of German forces. Again, questionable. So what really happens in the film, because that description is absolute bollocks, is we're on a Liberty ship yes. um, in the Med for some reason, and it was supporting the invasion of um, Salerno. Yep, that's it. Uh, Operation Avalanche. Um, and... It follows this ragtag crew of merchant marines and Eric Roberts is the captain um, who who plays a kind of like, it's kind of like the K-Mutiny in places where they're trying to be like the K-Mutiny and then they do bits of Greyhound. Yeah. And then it's then it's like saving Private Ryan. At, you know, they, they do a beach operation. And it's just like, what the? Anyway. The shades so, of Cockle Show Heroes in that bit, isn't there? As yeah. Well, it's, it, it, yeah. Anyway, that is, oh. that is, that we're going to talk a lot about that. 
So, uh, I mean, it's always a good sign when the IMDb page doesn't have the trailer for the film um, as well. And it has one of the most shocking posters I've ever seen. Yeah. So, I mean, that that leads us nicely into, into cast, Rob. Who, who's in this film and on this amazing poster? <laughs> so, uh, the movie, the cast, um, which is kind of stacked in a weird way. Like these mockbusters tend to be, they tend to they have always a few are. Yeah. names that you, you can look on a DVD cover. That, you know, I think we've all seen them in the shops where you you glance up at a DVD. You think, oh, that's got that's got some names in it, and then and yeah, that, you see ooh, the names, like, don't you? Look at this; it's it's got it's got all these famous names in, it and they all look really creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> bad. Weird. They don't look that bad in the film, but on no, the cover art, they look awful. I've done them dirty. Anyway, sorry, I, I done them dirty on the poster. It's fine. So we have in our lead, we, as Matt mentioned, Eric Roberts as Lieutenant Lieutenant William Snow. Uh, Eric Roberts is pr- a prolific uh, American actor. He's over six hundred credits in TV and film roles. He was an Academy Award nominee in nineteen eighty five for his role in Runaway Train. Um, and he actually played the master in the 1996 Doctor Who movie. Um, and it seems of late did that he? he's... Oh, wow. Yeah, he did, yeah. And it seems of late that he's um, started doing these sort of mockbuster straight-to-DVD type movies. I know, be, because he's be also lucrative. in 2020's Top Gunner. Yes, Top Gunner. Yeah, I saw Which that looks one. peak. <laughs> it does look good. There's going to be a rich seam of the Asylum films that we can we can, we yeah. can mine. Yeah. Um, I think after this, because so. this has opened so. my see, eyes. See how this and D-Day Dog Company, dog company yeah, blown my fucking mind. So seeing how this one does, <laughs> we, we may do more. Um, so uh, the next, actually talking about Dog dog Company, actually. So Jeff mm-hmm. Mead, uh, he plays Ensign Kenneth Ford. He's like the second in command character. Um, he's an actor, writer, director. He's been active for the 20 odd years acting. Uh, he's lots of TV roles, uh, appearances in like Walker, Texas Ranger, the SWAT Ooh. series, Pam Ooh. and Tommy, that latest uh, mini series. Uh, but he actually wrote the screenplay for D Day Dog Company. Did he really? He did. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a renaissance man. I know, right? The thing is, writing the script itself, probably not as bad as the actual movie. So, yeah. You know debatable on that one but yeah i always think i always think a different director different budget with the same script would it be mm, a better film maybe. and then we have danny treo he plays edgar cookie orozco um and he's like a cult actor you know you'll know him um he's he's been in one of some of the biggest 90s action films like con air from dust till dawn he played a character called machete in spy kids and then that character got its own like sort of um, grindhouse type movie um, franchise that were like a homage to 80s yeah. um, B-movies themselves. So it's quite ironic that <laughs> he goes from being a, in these sort of 90s action films that are almost B-movies of their day to now just being in straight B-movies. It's very sad to see the the, the downward trajectory of Danny Trejo's career. Um, but he's good. What, he's what I find interesting about them is that sometimes they'll pop up in actual decent movies still mm. Mm. but then at the same time a lot of actors of a, you know a certain um position yep. are doing yeah, yeah uh, are doing those you know lower budget b-movie type things um well look how you know we obviously are sad what happened to bruce willis um, with medical yeah, problems but mm. he was doing that at the end um when he was winding down and it was to make money for his children so maybe this is Apparently a good way so, of- yeah fattening up that pension who knows um yeah. there must be a reason but and i also think maybe with danny trejo because he's in these sort of grindhouse movies that's what like you know machete is like in those movies uh, it, back in the day you'd get like a bigger name to do maybe like a day on set you'd record a half hour an hour's worth of footage with them and then you'd splice that in put that in your trailer make it look like this person's in it way more yeah. than they are Oh, that's still going on hardcore. The four scenes with Danny Trejo in this film start off okay and get worse as they, they go get through. They're sliding scale, but his character is probably more interesting because Danny Trejo is in, is a, giving it his best as much as he can do with the script that he's got. Um, and then finally, we've got William Baldwin. <laughs> now, I never thought I'd say these words. We've got William Baldwin, one of the Baldwin brothers, um, as General Omar Bradley. <laughs> Amazing. 
as I mentioned, he's one of the Baldwin brothers. Uh, he's appeared in Backdraft in the early 90s. One of his earlier roles was in Born on the Fourth of July by Oliver Stone. And more recently, he's appeared on TV in the Hawaii Five-O and MacGyver reboots. Um, so he's quite prolific. And then the rest of the crew is just made up of up-and-coming American actors. So we have Marcus Miller as Klaus, Isaac J. Cruz as Seaman Massa, Daniel Johnson as Seaman Bauer, Rob Ridorian as Seaman Moose Johnson, Carl Egberkin as Seaman Irish, and Cap Peterson as Seaman Grover. Noah Blake as Commander Barnes. He's, he plays um, Omar Bradley's right-hand man. And then we have Link. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we have Connor yeah. Tribol, Seaman Jeffries, and Derek Yates as Seaman Rich Schneider. Now, I do round the, those actors up there. Don't go into much detail, because a lot of these guys at the moment this is one of their biggest credits yeah and it's a shame because i don't think i think the movie does these guys a disservice because i actually think they're way better probably much much better actors than this movie lets them be none of them are terrible in, mm. in any of the roles they're all okay exactly what, the clunkiness of any of the performances comes from the script that's fair and from speaking from experience i know how difficult it is to get yourself into the industry get roles get on set you know and you're not going to turn down a movie like this one it, no. it probably pays a decent rate so you know you might laugh at these guys objectively <laughs> but we're not laughing at them if that makes sense we're laughing at the movie as a piece of entertainment yeah we're not yeah, picking on absolutely. anyone really i think that's probably a fair assessment as we move on but apart from that those four main characters there the named char- actors with the, you know the, the ones you probably recognize the most they're doing all the groundwork they're getting all the lines, but yet the crew is doing all the legwork <laughs> and trying to provide the emotional weight and all this. The big names are doing the exposition, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. And the rest <laughs> of the degree. crew run around doing what they want. Yes, the, the plot. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I guess that takes us to production, doesn't it? And what more can we say than this is an asylum film? And you know what you're getting with an asylum film, well known for their... 25 films a year i'd say infamous um, at this point yeah perhaps so sharknado etc etc so this this was directed by uh nick lyon um best known for operation dunkirk in 2017 oh that's a turkey and, <laughs> that's a that's a dreadful and, yeah, one i know um and d-day dog company in 2019 um and of course who could forget bermuda tentacles storm geddon and Titanic 666, was that his And Titanic 666, exactly. I mean, chef's kiss on those ones. And it was produced by Asylum's founders, no less. Uh, well, mm-hmm. one of them and, and uh, a very frequent uh, co-producer on, on these films. So we've got uh, David Michael Latt, who is the co-founder of Asylum, and Paul Bales. And they include, their co-productions include Nazis at the Centre of the Earth, Battle of... Los Angeles, Flight 1943, which is amazing. Um, D-Day Dog Company, as we've mentioned, Battle Star Wars, and uh, Top Gunner as well, which we mentioned earlier. I love how they legally navigate all the names. <laughs> it's amazing. So, I mean, to ex- just briefly explain, like, mockumentaries, what they are is... Mockbusters. When there's a... when Yeah, sorry, of course. When, um, when there's a big film coming up, and it, it gets announced it's in production. I think studios like Asylum go, right, that's 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 one we need to like latch onto. Yeah. And they make a, a sort of similar-ish film that they can jump off the back of. Mm-hmm. So I think this one was probably done for Greyhound, um, which we've already covered, by the way. Came out a year after, just yeah. about, I think. But yeah. they, you see it all the time. It's it's to I think it's like to catch people off guard, isn't it, when you're in the shops? Yeah, it's just a full people when they're walking through like a yeah. supermarket and there's a there's a like a carousel with them all on. Mm. Oh, look, it's the new the new film with Danny Trejo, and you know you just grab that off yeah. the rack and you know you go home and enjoy the Rebels of PT two one eight. It's um, the sort of stuff you see in H and B flat fiver, and you're like, yeah, in for a penny. Well, exactly, and it's on streaming services now, and they're super popular. So sometimes they get like big hits with Sharknado and Megalodon. Yeah, like cult status, this cult business, all that stuff. People understand that they're funny and it's a joke. Yeah. But when you're doing a war movie 
and it's and they put the words true story into the into the description the most loosest based on i think i've ever heard it, it gets that that line is heavily blurred to where it's problematic go. okay shall we say yeah, yeah. Anyway, so moving on, um, screenplay was by George uh, Clymer, who I believe this is his first film um, that he's written. Edited by Maximilian Elvd. Um, what a name. And uh, I uh, believe that the visual effects supervisor was Glenn Campbell and the director of photography, the cinematographer was uh, Pija Radnikovic, um, who has done lots of the asylum films and and. and Mm. The crew is insular in that. Seems I like think they've got their own guys. Yeah, they they have a set a set production crew, and they people come through on different productions, and they have um, a lot of overlap in in all of the production team. Mm-hmm. And amazingly, there was no historical advisor on the film. No, really. <laughs> yeah, you'll be surprised. To I'm learn. shocked, Matthew. One of the most interesting things is this film was was filmed in California with a very weird stock shot used to stand in for i think sicily where they keep cutting to show where omar bradley's headquarters are it's like a, it must be it's like off of um Invato elements or something or it's off yeah. of like canvas yeah. stock and you've got you've got like a dude, a dude sat in shorts and a t-shirt on some steps <laughs> yeah, in a modern cars driving oh. cars. <laughs> it's like you could have done something with that in the edit to make that look less out of place oh yeah yeah so I mean that just uh, that just leaves me to you know talk about uh, the ship that they're on. It's not PT two one eight. Interesting thing in the movie. It is actually. It's not PT two one eight because PT two one eight gets blown up in the first four minutes. So I don't know why they decided to do that because there's no films about PT boats coming out. So that's anyway. Um, and it was filmed aboard SS Victory Lane, which was um, a, an actual um, Liberty ship. Yep. That was um, came into commission in 1945. It was a, a veteran of the Korean War and the Vietnam War, reactivated for both. Wow. And she's now in California as a as a, a museum ship. And lots of interesting movies have been filmed on board. So um, the, uh, the 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 ship's actual website has a, a great little list of of all the, the films it's appeared in, oh, wow. including um, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button, uh, Double Impact. Flags of Our Fathers, G.I. Jane, Gone in 60 Seconds, um, Naked Gun Two and a Half. Wow. Pearl Harbor. <laughs> no Pearl way. Harbor. Um, the Thin Red Line, Titanic for some reason. I don't, that doesn't sound right. Um, and uh, U571. Amazing. But you know what isn't listed on there? This. The, this film, yeah. Oh, we, got, we better email them, Matt. Let them know they're listening. Let them know they miss one out. Yeah. Ironically, all those movies are well worth your time other than this one. And even I would put you 571 above this. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I mean, right. yeah, we, well, we'll talk about you 571. Because I don't day, think that movie yeah. is nearly as awful as people give it credit for. Like, Ooh, okay. It's fighting talk, but I think you got to take away the, okay. the history part of it and look at entertainment, then maybe reassess. Yeah. You know, my, like how I feel about Fury, people get too hooked into Fury from the historical um, accuracy point of view and they overlook it as a piece of cinema and you can come at it either way but I think yeah. sometimes when you when you look out at these movies over, as an overview you can treat them a bit more fairly than the Fury at the time people remember the controversy they remember the issues but then look at it 20 years later 10 years 5 years whatever and is it actually a good movie whereas I could go back to this film 10 years time and it'd still be a turkey age will oh, improve God, yeah. this <laughs> so basically getting back to the film at hand so the, yes. the the based on true events element of this comes from the, the ship in the film the film's actually about the ss lawton b evans mm-hmm. which was a liberty ship which was active in the mediterranean and um it did have encounters with u-boats it was involved in the battle of anzio but probably not as is depicted mm-hmm. in this film. No, no. So she was hit by a dud torpedo from uh, U-221. Um, and she, she survived this with some minimal damage. She didn't then hunt down the U-boat with depth no. charges on her own. No. Uh, as as is this in this film. Because um, that's where your Greyhound moment comes in. We'll go up against a destroyer. Um, 
which is another element of the film. And then it was it was involved in uh, the Battle of Banzio, um, and uh, there was uh, an engagement with some hostile shore batteries. So that bit is kind of true. Uh, yeah. They they returned fire with machine guns and and, and such. Heavily um, layering on the artistic license, yeah, though. Yeah, Heavily. they did shoot down a number of German planes, which is reflected at the end of the film. But that's that's about it, really. I mean, that's the, mm. the link to the the true element of it. So I guess the best thing we can do, Rob, is to move on and instead of going straight to the alley tally, which is going to be a plethora of absolute gold this week. Very interesting, um, the alley tally again. It would <laughs> interesting. I'm trying to be too nice. Fucking is, abhorrent is, is probably what I would say. Is we should probably discuss the plot. I think we should just talk through the plot and, and try and give people a feel for this film. See, yeah, because not everyone might have seen this. No, I know we, we do some we obscure don't... ones on the pod. I know we do, Rob. I know we hold our hands up and we we do some obscure ones. We do, and we always encourage people to go out and, and find See them it. and watch them. Yeah, just we're going to give you a little flavour this time. Little, little, See whether little, you really want to do snackerel of this movie. Yeah. So. As Matt mentioned at the start, um, in his little brief roundup there, I wrote my own little, because I do like a sentence. You know, Yours plot. is probably better than what they've got on IMDb, let's face it. I put, a, a, a US Liberty ship is tasked with taking out the one underscore one 88 millimeter shore battery, stopping the underscore again, entire allied invasion force <laughs> of the invasion of Salerno in 1943. My, my favourite part about this is that the way that they set this up is the it's normally the job of PT boats, Rob, to go in and knock out these shore batteries. I had no idea is, that that was which, even a thing, Matt. If you, I, that is you not know, a thing. I, what are they going to do? With? <laughs> what are they going to do? fire torpedoes at them? And that's, anyway. So what they do, they fire a torpedo at a cliff and then it, it, oh, it ricochets. A big, crack, a big cartoon crack in the cliff and the shore battery just falls into the sea. Did you not know that? That's it, yeah. yeah. And then Wiley Coyote like runs across the screen and and kicks it yeah okay so uh the film begins with uh we're, it's at night and we're on board the um the lot and b evans mm-hmm. and her escorts of of um pt boats pt 21218 the titular ship of the film yeah. is there and, and they're engaging shore batteries with machine guns and and 20 millimeter orlicans and, and the ship's one five pounder or um, five inch rather and um the one by one the the PT boats are picked off by these German 88s up on the cliff that they yeah. haven't depressed down enough to hit any of the ships they're aiming at, but that doesn't matter. And they've just got that one stock CGI 88 they bought and they've copied and pasted it. Oh, it's so it, that's so good. I love, I <laughs> love the, like, the 88 position. I love the, the little PlayStation 1 <laughs> German man oh no, we'll German get to character we'll get to firing that. it with one hand. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> The PS1 cutscenes are brilliant. <laughs> um, it's so, bad. it's not as bad as the Titanic one though, where they're like, if you really zoom in on that, you know the aerial shots of Titanic. Yeah. When you zoom in on those, they look like this. <laughs> but so that was in 1998 or seven when that Titanic yeah. came out, and I expect that to be dated and look crap. <laughs> this just looks bad. Like <laughs> so, anyway, so it's a night oh, scene. And um, they're on board the ship, and and this is where the cane mutiny element comes in. And, a little bit. Like, um, Roberts's character get, get goes, no, we must attack the shore batteries. So he, he orders the ship to turn around and, and go for another pass. And his his XO is like, no, we shouldn't do that. We're a liberty ship. Yeah. And everyone in the audience He's is like, sense. of course. Right. Oh, for about an hour of this movie, Ensign Kenneth Ford talks the most sense of any character because he's constantly reminding everyone that they're on a liberty ship. <laughs> and then at one point in the film, he just completely just, he just becomes apathetic. You know? He just accepts that he's <laughs> going to have to go and win it. the war himself. He's like, he, it's like abuse. Yeah. He just, he just can't take any more. And he's just like, you know, yeah. whatever, just do what you want. I've had enough. Yeah. I'll, I'll lead that anymore. shore expedition to knock yeah, out all three of those whatever. batteries. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, but they treat this Liberty ship, it's what fucks me off. They treat this Liberty ship like it's a destroyer, like it's a. Well, that's it. So it's Roberts' so character is supposed to be like he's a, a former destroyer captain that's been demoted. So for some reason, there's a US Navy lieutenant, lieutenant, sorry, that's 
commanding a Liberty ship, which is under the, you know, it, it's it's merchant marine. They wouldn't have had it's under the think. personal command of General Bradley. Yeah, <laughs> General Bradley has a direct naval... line to this one, this one Liberty ship. That famous naval commander, Omar Bradley. It would have taken a like... five second Google to work out the the naval equivalent of the hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, we... and just do that. Shout out to the commander who is is <laughs> yeah. with him. Who my head cannon is trying to say like, yeah, he's like the naval attaché. Perhaps he's the like. I'll just tell my naval attaché to direct uh, the nearest yeah. ship to attack these short batteries. And but he's not. He's dressed. He's dressed in. It's like a full bird colonel, U.S. Army <laughs> like uniform. And they're in this bunker that's supposed to be, I think, on Sicily. <laughs> so. There's like machine gun fire. And and bombardment going on outside, like it's a frontline OP, uh, like CP. So weird. Why? Why would they? I mean, I think Sicily had been pacified by the time they started invading Italy. <laughs> I mean, probably. Yeah, you I think mean, so? Yeah. yeah, you would hope so. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that, those scenes are just so insane. So, like, they clearly just because they clearly had William Baldwin for a day, they had to get it shot quickly. Oh, I know, and it, it, they're in a they're in like the most awfully dressed studio, and it's got like camouflage netting inside Man. the studio to hide the walls. And there's a there's like a a, a radio wireless next to a, like a <laughs> field telephone. Just cobbled together any old shit. That it's like, start it's radio. like this, the the set dressers have gone out and gone. Fuck, we need old shit. And I've got just that. like. I've got ten dollars in a bit of string. It's what I've cobbled together. Here's a here's a radio that looks old. That'll do. Um, I raided the Goodwill. We are. <laughs> that <laughs> <Exactly>. looks old. <laughs> um, and he stood there with like a Glock on his hip. <laughs> did he have a Glock? I yeah, know yeah he did. He had like a modern cutting like, edge technology for the like for a, the general there. He had like a modern um, plastic holster on, like a Kydex holster. Um, and he's wearing a, a helmet with four four stars on it. Well before he became a four-star general as well. Exactly. And I don't think he would have been wearing that in his headquarters. He would have just been wearing a field Wait, cap. Wait, he had the amount of gunfire going outside. Well, that's very true. He was under fire. He was about to pop outside with his Glock and just give some return fire. Well, Ernie Pyle just like, <laughs> he's standing all right about him. Roberts' backstory is this, he's this disgraced um, destroyer captain because he was escorting a convoy Convoy got, you know, decimated by U-boats because he went off hunting one and he was drawn away. Unlike um, Tom Hanks and Greyhound, who stuck his, you know, he, Tom Hanks was knew what he was doing. He stayed on stage and didn't go chase him. No, exactly. But yeah. Roberts, Roberts' character did. Um, so he has this guilt trip where he's like, I take full responsibility for my actions and it was my fault. I'm like, yeah, we know. we've That's been dealt with. You're, mm. You've clearly been demoted and put on a liberty ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But what annoyed me so much was the the preamble to the film, the voiceover, which was filmed, which was recorded or played over um, some absolute, the, possibly the worst use of stock footage, contemporary stock footage I've ever seen. Um, and it explains that PT boats were used to knock out shore batteries. And I, I couldn't find any like reference to this. So maybe I'm missing it completely. If you're a PT boat expert, please let us know. Yeah. Come but on, we'll redo this weird. film. We'll talk about the four minutes yeah. worth of PT boat that gets seen here. It literally did change history <laughs> to fit the film. The next, the next time we we see the the ship, um, it's it's daytime. They're in fog, um, but the CGI is a clear day. Um, yes, and they're, and they're in fog because it's you know quite clearly they're in harbour in Los Angeles. The ship is moored; it doesn't move. The ship how is can not we? Moving. How can we? Dis- how can we hide the fact? Get this, Rob. The foggiest fucking summer ever. The SS Victory Lane is seaworthy. She goes on yearly trips, right, right, for for tourists. And they, I read the website, and they have this cool day where they have like swing music on, and it's immersive. And then the 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 ship gets buzzed by by um, an aircraft at one point. That sounds better than this entire film. It's it sounds like a decent day out, doesn't it? But what flights. I'm getting at here is they could have hired the, the the ship to like leave harbour and get some like at sea shots. They could have, but in the in their defence though, how much would that have cost? Because I assume this movie had a finite budget. Oh, do you think? In what their defence, how much would that have cost to run that ship around the harbour for a bit, maybe mm. around, um, you know, 
fuel, no, that's fair. That's staff, fair. health and safety as well. I guess we're coming. Yeah. No, you, no, you're there. right there. I am asking yeah. a bit too much, aren't yeah. I? I mean, in an ideal world, I agree with you. It would have been great to get some on sea shots, but then take into factor how cheap it would have been to pay a, a, a CGI artist to make that ship. It was indeed in blender quite cheap. or whatever. Yes. yes, to do that. In the, in the I'm going to defend the film for a little bit. Rob's playing devil's advocate right now. Putting the boxing gloves on. Um, (laughs) That was probably way cheaper, but it would have looked nice. It would have been nice to have some. Yeah, yeah. And not rely on a fog machine to obscure the the harbour. I mean, even some establishing shots of the actual ship, because if you'd have shot them tastefully, you would have got some nice exterior shots of the ship that you don't get, which is a bit of a shame. And there's Mm. only film from one angle as well, so there must be loads of modern stuff over the other side of the ship they can't film. But a good cinematographer with no angles things like that there's, there's just not enough yeah, coming yeah. Out. i mean we'll come we'll come back on to cinematography <sighs> in a bit i'm i got plenty to say about that because this has one of the best shots i've ever seen oh matt matt is matt is giggles every time he sees the shot oh my god yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I can't I don't even i mean even thinking about it now i'm, I'm going <laughs> anyway so they're tasked with taking a couple of pt boats and they're going to do the apparently they've done they're doing the same mission again because the film opens with them engaging shore batteries and then they're yeah. told they have to go and destroy shore batteries. And then it seems to take them like four days to get there because we get these great shots of a map. And every time you look at this map, so it goes to the map table and it's a guy with like a with plastic Jones. ruler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a plastic ruler drawing out where the ship's going. And it's, you know, it's towards the towards one, five, nine experimental ruler. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And oh my god! You know, I I was looking at this and I was thinking that map is like way too old for the forty. <laughs> Looks like something out of like Pirates of the Caribbean or yeah, something. Yeah, and then it's also in French, <laughs> <laughs> which me and you didn't realise until about halfway through. The map yeah. I, was like, I was like, Rob, that, that map seems French. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So you know, if you want to play a drinking game with this film, you you totally can. So every time the map appears, dead. drink. You would, you would. Dead. This is fighting on film does not condone the level of drinking needed for this drinking game. It's not you enough could. alcohol in existence. No, there isn't. Um, I wish I take a drink I every I time you drink see... right now because I need see... <laughs> take a drink every time you see the same CGI ship. Yes. Um, drink every you... time you see someone absolutely rocking a, a twenty millimeter or looking. <laughs> Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna be talking about that in a minute. Oh my god, jeez, I've never seen anything quite like that. Take a every drink time every time. Is... People's dress shirts clearly come from a different supplier, so nothing's quite uniform, <laughs> even though they're wearing uniform. Every time something is clearly not from the forties on camera, you now you will be dead. You'd be dead before halfway through the film, or at least you'd be unconscious. You could drink a very, very light beer. You might just get through it. Hello there, sorry to interrupt. I wanted to let you know that you can now join our supporting cast over on Patreon. As thanks for your support, you'll be able to help us pick films, submit questions for guests, have first pick on brand new and exclusive merch, and much more. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. So they they go on this mission and they encounter um, a a U-boat first, and they they depth charge a U-boat. They they hunt the U-boat down. Yeah. So first they chase it with their their um their five inch gun. And this is where the the the, the millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Script kind of 
falls apart because at one it point it's getting choppy, didn't it? The com- the commander is talking to the ensign, like, and the commander's like, "You need to keep an eye on Lieutenant Snow or whatever his name mm. is, and because he's a loose cannon, but we need a loose cannon for this mis- like mission." It's that classic Maverick trope, yeah. isn't it? It's so cliched. Um, and then he says, "The ensign says we've got the best gunners in the U.S. Navy on board." And like first, they're merchant marines. They're not the fucking navy. So, <laughs> and he says we've got the best gunners in the Atlantic Ocean. They're not in the Atlantic Ocean. Um. Anyway, they miss. They don't get. They don't get it. So they have to go. They have to chase it and 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 deploy depth, depth charges. charge it. Yeah. Um. God knows how they found it with you know the radar that would have been on Liberty ship. But anyway, um, the sonar <laughs> rather. Um, if they even had it. Um. So they they depth charge this U boat and it surfaces and th- there's like a little scene where the the U boat captain's on the on the um on the deck gun and it's <laughs> he's wearing like the weirdest uniform imaginable yeah um, like, it's a fair amount of uniform it's not it's not crazy it is it's not even navy it's the, yeah. like how hard is it to get like a tan shirt yeah and a or, and a or just not show sea captainy hat or just not show that it can yeah much don't easier. have it don't have it not need yeah. it. Don't need it. The whole, none of that was needed. No, the none of that was needed. needed. You could cut. You could cut swathes out of this movie. You still would make it work. But you could anyway. So out. I mean, they, they they amazingly they sink the U boats. They've lost all their PT boat escort now, though. That's the bad thing. Cut to another sequence of the map getting a line drawn on it, and then it's nighttime, and there's somewhere off the coast of somewhere I, I can't. I don't know. I, I don't know the French names for Italy, but we couldn't read the map. Um, so. <laughs> So it's nighttime now on the radar. Like there's a blip, there's a blip, Rob, and it's it's yeah. a destroyer. It's a German destroyer. German destroyer. Don't know what it was doing on its own <laughs> off the coast of Italy. No idea. But it was there. But it manages yeah. to get within three feet of the of the Liberty ship without seeing it, and then it sees it, and they 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 have like a broadside battle where the machine guns and the Orlicans are going. I t- I stupidly wrote this bit in my notes in my favorite scene um section. <laughs> But that's not true because I don't have any favourite scenes in this one. <laughs> oh, I do. But, but that's the um, that's I've written it there. I've got as I wrote it plain as day when I watched the movie. I like the balls on the director and the VFX team. They tried to recreate that scene from Greyhound with the two ships past each other, but it's done so quickly and has almost no purpose. No, it really doesn't. Um, I can't say better than that. Because somehow the the destroyer like disappears, it just, uh, it, it just vanishes from into thin air. Yeah, yeah, and that's not a problem anymore because no. they they carry on and that you know they're damaged and stuff apparently because the, we haven't got enough fuel to get to wherever the French map is taking. When us. They get there though. They get so there. It's just like um, there's so many loose plot points that never get sewn up. It's so annoying. Just from tr- just trying to watch it, subjective. Like, right, I know this movie's bad, but come on, give it, give it a chance, give it a chance, and you end up going insane. That's maybe that's why that production team's called the fucking asylum because you should be <laughs> thrown in a fucking asylum after trying to work this movie out in your fucking head. Their mission, obviously, is to knock out these um, these um, shore batteries. The one the shore battery. The, yeah, the, the SS, held up the S, entire an elite SS. Oh, oh shore hang on, three. It's the, an elite SS shore battery with the best guns in the whole German army. The whole German army. Quote. Yeah. <laughs> Quote General Lord Bradley. Yeah, <laughs> I never thought I'd say that. So, obviously, they're in. They're, they have a problem here because the the commandos that were apparently going to go ashore from the PT boats to knock out the the, the shore guns. Are dead because they got sunk by the destroyer and the, yeah. the U boat. Um, do you think the commandos would have been on, on board the big ship that could hold lots of men <laughs> rather than on the actual little PT boats? I know, and they right? just transfer them to get them in shore. But yeah. anyway, so they're not, they're not on board that. So Maybe they're they were going on like a little pleasure cruise, just have a potter about. Well, I, that's what this whole film is a pleasure cruise. It's just it's an um, unpleasurable cruise, it's, a, it's an unpleasurable watch. It falls upon the merchant marines on board the the sailors to do the commando raid. So of course they're, they're more than prepared to do this. There's a little rousing sequence where I was praying that Eric Roberts would just put his hands on his hips like Richard Todd in the Yangtze incident when he was addressing the men on the ship, because it's in this exact same 
It's like it's yeah. a shot back towards the bridge. They're on the forecastle. Yeah. Like they're all gathered around in like a little U shape. And he's giving them a little pep talk. He's like, looks like we're not going to be able to like get to the get to the shore. We haven't got enough fuel and the commandos, uh, you know, they've been killed. So what are we going to do? And all the crew's like, well, we can't let them win the war and all this. Yeah. So they elect to go ashore themselves. So a, a crack team of five merchant marine, marine sailors yeah. Yeah, go ashore um, in some of the worst costume I've ever seen. We'll talk about that in a minute. I think now we should segue into the Ali Tally because we've got yes. to the bit with the most Ali Tally worthy items in it. It's time for Ali Tally on Fighting on Film. So Ali Tally this week, it's been a few weeks since we've had a dedicated Ali Tally. Yeah, it has actually. So it's yeah. nice to have it back. And what a smorgasbord of weird wow. fucking stuff we've got for you Amazing. this week, folks. Um, so me and Matt were watching this movie together. Um, we both hit play on the same platform at like, the same time. We got to this scene. <laughs> And the, the the WhatsApp chat was, was popping off. Just... Rob sends me a video, and I've, I'm all, I'm at the same point of the film, sending him a video of my reaction to the same scene because we watched this film like like six, twelve months we ago. Sit, yeah, and we knew it was good. We knew it was good. We knew it was worthy. Um, yeah, in um, a morbid way. But I'd completely forgotten a lot of the elements of this scene that we found funny at the time. I found them all funny again. You know, so it, the, the lads have come ashore. And we'll talk about what they're wearing in a minute. But anyway, they're attacking this SS, this crack SS um, crap battery. SS. They're all wearing like weird camo mix. And then their officer is, is like wearing a Halloween costume. He looks like, I, I don't even know, but he stood there with, with the most anachronistic firearm you could possibly pick for this film. <laughs> Both of us are like, in, this, in, in our reaction videos that were sent to each other, right at the same moment. We're like, oh my god, he's got an AR-15. And I'm like, mein Stungewehr, AR-15! Das ist mein Code M4 Carbine. M4 Carbine. M4 Carbine. It's so bad. And it's only in it. It's a weird thing. They blur that bit out a little bit. It's one shot. But then they zoom into them chatting and you can see it. And it's got a big fuck-off telescopic scope on it. So what I think happens is they film this wide showing you the, the little gar- yeah. the tiny little yeah. garrison defending this gun. So they must have had that wide shot and then had no other wide shots. So they've tried their best in the edit to blur that out, which is fine because you can't really make it out unless they do that other little cut mm. closer when you can make out the make out the forward assist. That's what we knew it, <laughs> what it was. And the magazine like, as well. There's a mag- 30 round mag there and a forward assist. But then we think, oh, okay, that's funny. Maybe, you know, maybe it's all they had in the day. Who knows? But it's a mistake. Someone saw it. Just don't put it in. Take that away. Just don't put it in. Just Just don't don't put it in. Yeah. He's an officer. He's an officer in like dress uniform. He wouldn't be, he wouldn't be in dress uniform and he wouldn't be standing there with a rifle anyway. He wouldn't be at the battery anyway. So the the lads come off of the, of the Lawton. They get to the beach. We never see how they get to the beach. And it's on a little raft or something. Yeah. It's on like a little (laughs) moat, like a little rowboat with an outboard motor. They come in on, and then the sort of the film has its own little. I think it's a mixture of cockle shell heroes, mm. Sam Riot Ryan, the, the trench, uh, t- uh, taking out the 88s trench sequence oh, yeah, from Band of Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, it's like yeah. that, but it's just really bad. And they come up the hill, and me and Matt were like, Right, they got M1 helmets on, they're wearing mm-hmm. like really stock run-of-the-mill fatigues like sand color fatigues yeah they're like don't look awful from a distance it's not terrible no. they've got modern no. boots on whatever that stuff you can just forgive it's, it's fine yeah you know i'm not expecting Global it to be it's all right yeah i'm not expecting it to be like the worst but <laughs> then they've got alice plate carriers on like really <laughs> modern alice plate carriers I'm like, that's an interesting that's an interesting uh, like sand colored yeah and and i was like, I was like rob is that molly it's Molly. He's back. Yeah. One of you's got an Alice Rock on from like the yeah, early days. He's, I'm like, what? They're wearing like literally modern low bearing equipment. Yeah. And, and, See, and I, I, it's just mind blowing at this and point. And I don't, the thing is, I don't expect it to be fantastic. But you just take the Molly, the Molly play off the, the guys. Molly. It looks fine. It's just an annoying thing these movies do, where it's like, oh yeah, put them in that. That's what soldiers wear. <laughs> and I'm oh like, my God. And that guy carrying the, the Thompson the at the low ready. 
Oh, oh my god, oh. yeah, it's annoying anyway. And then there's a guy carrying a K98K with the uh, with the front sight pushed up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really Why has he got a K98K? I don't know why he's got a K98K. Is there I mean, anyone carbines in it? Someone might have, might have gone, oh, well, they would have had um, Springfields probably because they're Merchant Marines and it's not yeah. a full-line boat. Well, and I thought... We haven't got one of those, but we have got this other bolt-action rifle. Yeah, um, true. Give that to the German guy that's got a M4 carbine. But I think it's anno- it's annoying in a way because I'm thinking, well, you've got all this budget to make this movie. You could have rented some kit for a day or found some reenactors who would have maybe lent you their kit for, I don't know, a poultry fee or something. I'm sure there's a way you could have yeah. done it. But it, it's not that annoying, but that you could have had a lovely scene going, but we haven't got any kit for raiding with, like what yeah. you're talking about. And then they go, you know, Danny Trejo could have gone, lads, we're a supply ship. We've got all this stuff on board already. That, that would have you been a great little scene. You could have had a cool Cracking little open kit. some crates. Yeah, like a little kit and up sequence. Pulling out some like um, bandoliers. Yeah, yeah, something like just that. Bandoliers. Something like that. It would have just a little bit more thought. Could have been a really nice little scene, and it might have reminded you of the fact they're on a Liberty ship, and they always talk about oh hauling supplies and stuff. They'd much rather be yeah, doing that. We have that. no idea what they're hauling because they're they're off to do a it's a McGuffin. Sure, bombardment. It's a plot apparently. point. It's it's irrelevant. With their one five inch gun. But yeah, this the whole that whole scene is just annoying. There's this weird, oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Thing in front of the eighty eight protecting it. <laughs> it's a weird shield thing. The weird it's shield even thing. Like concrete. Yeah. It's just like, and it's about twelve foot tall. How are they supposed <laughs> to aim downwards? They're not even. It's not even a bunker. Yeah. And it cuts to this like there's like one scene where they've clearly like mocked up the profile of an eighty eight with some pipe and thrown yeah. a camouflage net over it. So the guys could like film inside it. So it's like underneath the gun. Uh-huh. But they then use it for like uh, like a wide shot where the guys are about to throw grenades. And it looks so bad because they've superimposed it with a bit of CGI as well. And it, it just looks so, so it's the worst, the, the worst CGI 88s I've ever seen. Yeah. It's just a little bit more thought needed to be put into that sequence because it might have worked if they weren't. Dig a so- trench. Yeah, dig, if they just weren't dig a trench, if they weren't dressed so badly, and you, you know, like it's just oh, so little changes to that sequence, it and wouldn't be shocking. That lad has got quite the arm on him for throwing that grenade. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, and it and just... it, it kind of falls short as well in the CGI, mm. and then it fall, in it cuts to like a you know an inset where it's like a pickup shot where it's the grenade lands in the bunker, and they go nine grenade, and it blows up and kills them. It's, it's quite the sequence, but it is up there with my favourite parts of the film. Anyway, they go back down to the beach because they're going to exfiltrate because you know we don't see their boat. We don't know. <laughs> some German troops come up like 200 yards away and they're hiding behind some rocks and the, the, the ensign's like there with his rubber Tommy gun and he's like, we're, like, we're going we're gonna to get these guys. And he's like, on the count of three, one, two, three. And they, they all go up. And this guy like pops up with his K98K and he's like, Holding it in the middle of his body at arm's length, like and you point shooting a rifle. Like, point shooting it. <laughs> well, well, he's got the rear sight at like <laughs> two thousand yards because it's straight up. <laughs> it's some accurate shooting, Matthew. This is what it is. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and they shoot these guys, and there's a, there's a there's a shot of um of them from the front, almost like a quarter shot, yeah. and you can see him like trying to whack the bolt, and it's the most awkward thing ever. Just give the guy like 20 minutes to sit and yeah. like play with the gun. It's just yeah, just give him a little bit of time. You know, clearly these sequences weren't shot, were shot less yeah. post, more haste, whatever they less I'd love to know how more quickly this film was made and how much budget it had, but there's no information like there's that. No way of knowing. Probably as little as possible to then sell it. We we were actually trying to find out whether the ship that the film was filmed on, where it was and what it was, because it isn't listed in the um the credits at all. Um, so I did some sleuthing and found one of the the, act, the younger actors had, had posted. I did some filming, filming on a ship in San Pedro um, last year. And here's some behind the scene shots. And so I, I, I did a bit of Google sleuthing, like yeah, Liberty back, Ships in California. Backtrack, um, yeah. Yeah. To and, find and, it. And, and, um, mm. and SS Victory Lane's um, trip advisor page popped up. Because so in, like, in terms that, of alley tally, that's the mo- one interesting thing is the fact oh, that it's that's the most alley thing here. I mean, we'll talk ship. about the ship itself in a minute, but yeah, and I was like, oh, is this the actual ship? Because it looked like it. So I clicked on it, and people had taken some photographs on the ship and the museum and stuff, and it looks really cool on board. They actually have the engine 
from um, Sand Pebbles, oh, Stephen wow. Queen movie. Yeah, that's and cool. It's it, yeah, it is. It's really random, but they have it as an exhibit in one of the hold spaces. That's great. Um, and I was flicking through the photographs. And I was like, oh no, no, this is the ship because the sets hadn't been dressed at all. <laughs> the bridge and the yeah. radio room. <laughs> And left on space that's seen with the guys. They just put the they just literally just put the actors in there, put some lighting in, and then just that was it. There was no like additional. It's stuff the happening. thing. This type of movie making, it's got to be you know so cutthroat, cheap. You just go on a, a location shoot. Right, we found this ship. It's X amount of money to film here for X amount of days. Yeah. We don't have to get any more set dressing in. Minimal this, minimal that. Bish bash bosh. Get it done. Edit it. Sell it yeah. maybe to Netflix. Sell it maybe to you know one of your streaming sites. Make your money back. Make another one. Yeah, it's just no thought or care put into it. It was what I was saying. I'll, I'll say it later on, but uh, the film just feels so flat because there's nothing else. There's no good night. No, the grading's not very good. The editing's a bit slapdash. The reuse of CGI all the time. It just any immersion the film might get at any point. It doesn't mm. get any, but any you might have, you pulled out almost immediately. You see the soles of someone's boots, and it's clearly they're not they're not hobnails, and it's a really small thing. But it's like, I know they're not 40s period boots. They're modern. You're hobnail carrying now, but yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Rivet can't hobnail carrying. Very good. But it just it just pulls you out of it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But yeah, I mean, in terms of Ali Tally this week, you know, that whole raid sequence is funny. Yeah. Um, you've got, <laughs> I mean, you've got at the end where they take on the, take on the Messerschmitts. Oh, no, the Messerschmitts <laughs> are coming, but they're Focke Wolves. It's like, <laughs> yeah, must, must have been cheaper on yeah. the 3D um, three D Elements website you've bought these from. Yeah. Um, must have been, Messerschmitt was $50, Focke Wolf was 35 Decision was made. And they get to the point where they, they've nearly run out of ammo for all their deck guns and, and oh, oh. all everyone's being shot. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Snow comes off the bridge, pulls his side arm, <laughs> And this is where no, Matt lost it on like, the chat again. And he's he's tra- he has like a terrible like um, action film line <laughs> yeah. where he pulls out this this gun. I'm not going to spoil it because Rob wants to tell you. But it's, oh, no, I don't know why oh, it's so bad. I just well, know it was it, wrong. I just it was very wrong. wrong. It's 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 a subcompact. It's like a concealed carry gun. <laughs> oh, it's, God, it's, really? Yeah, it's it's a um, I think it's a Taurus. Um, um, like PT or it something been like that. Robert's personal carry. He <laughs> yeah, it could have been. Um, but you know, he pulls it, and you're like, "Oh no!" He's there with his pistol, and he's double hand gripping it as they're coming in, and he's shooting at them, and then his yeah, exo pops up. Yeah, the wobbling your fucking hand about well, what people do. They're wobbling movies. the gun about Rob. It's terrible. Yeah. Anyway, the the exo pops up with his rubber Thompson, and it's a it's a it's a nice prop Thompson. It's not bad. Um, yeah, it's not terrible. And there's little CGI bullets coming out the side of it. <laughs> someone, um, someone had a, had a lovely day keying those in, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was nice that they bothered. I thought that was nice. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice little addition. I don't know. Gone, they were yeah. coming out the wrong angle, I think. But, the you know, the, the spent <laughs> cases was a nice touch. They didn't need They're to do there, that. aren't they? Um, and, and we got Danny Trejo on a, on a, on a 20 millimeter Orlican shouting at the, the planes as they're coming in. And he's having a great time. Um, but we'll talk about Danny Trejo's final scene later on because I don't want to spoil that in the alley. Da- Danny, just... Tre- Danny Trejo is in that sequence is almost talking lines from another movie because he, he just starts That's going so like, here come the planes, here come the planes. <laughs> and I'm like, Danny, you're not wrong, Danny, but like, it just doesn't scan as well as everyone else's oh, lines. God. Anyway, so... he's, he's, his character's a cook, right? <laughs> yeah. And... Um... He has, he has this little scene with Eric Roberts where Danny Trejo's stood on the deck rail, like drinking. Yeah. I think he's not, I mean, the, the US Navy and I think the Merchant Marines were like dry. There was no drinking on board. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of drinking goes on in this one. Like the XO's there, but like buying a bottle of whiskey off him. <laughs> they read the script, they started drinking. <laughs> they read the script. And Eric Roberts comes up and, and he's, they're talking and it, it turns out that they're, they're old friends. He's like, hi, Cookie, how are you doing? They are old friends. They're definitely yes. old. Well, and we're not, we're not even talking about how age inappropriate they are for the role. Fucking old they are, yeah. <laughs> um, like Danny Trejo is like 79. I mean, <laughs> called the, <laughs> the Rebels of Pension Plan, PT28. <laughs> um. And it, they have, they have, you know, there's a little bit of a, a relationship there. And he's like, Cookie, why don't you want to fight anymore? It's like, well, one, he's a cook on a Merchant Marine ship. So <laughs> he's he's not really cook, doing so any yeah. fighting. 
and he's like, I like to look after my guys, which is nice. And there's a bit of acting his going on. His character is the most terrible. interesting. He's got the most. He is, but he's like his character is like as a grizzled, one of the best anti-aircraft gunners of the fleet, and he used to be yeah. on Roberts's old ship. It's like it's super ripped off from uh, Under Siege. It really he's literally is. It Casey really Ryback. Like that. Because really like he's a cook in that movie, and he's like, no, he's just a cook. But no, no, Danny Trejo on, on the twenty mil, just giving it some at the end. That's great. But you know, he gets wounded, Rob. He gets wounded. He does, and and he starts just shouting random shit. The bizarrest, <laughs> the bizarrest lines it's like I've ever living. heard. It's like he's had living. If he's had living, he doesn't need to have living. He just stop. He's yeah. there. He's like, oh my god, I've been shot in my ass, and he's <laughs> yeah. just screaming. I had such a beautiful butt. That's this what he one says. line he comes out yeah. with. Yeah, and you're like, what? What? And then they this throw is like it, the high they... tension scene of the film. They're being air attacked. They're real they... attacked. Yeah. And Danny Trejo's there lying on the deck with holding his his ass, showing I had such a beautiful butt. And I'm like, so what? what's going on here? And they pick him up, and. And move him off, and he's like, "Don't, don't look at my ass or something." And I'm like, "What? Where are these lines coming from?" It's so weird, isn't it? It's 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 bizarre. Then they give him a machete, and when they're they carrying him, him away, off. and it's the someone biggest... runs over with it, and he's like, you know, "Here, cookie, in case you need it." <laughs> it's like, it's like ah. Danny Trejo has to stop himself from going, "Ah, yeah," because I'm in machete. The shoe in there is like... so close to going. Oh, because I'm in machete. Because <laughs> I'm in God, machete. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you almost you almost should turn to camera and go. You buy the box set of machete for five ninety nine off Amazon. The, if you want to do a machete reference, there's a mm. much better way of doing it. The first shot of him cooking because he talks about using chorizo. Yeah. You do the first shot of him cooking. You put a big slab, big thing of chorizo on a chopping board. Machete comes down. You pan out. Oh, it's Danny Trejo. There's your machete reference. That's great. I love it. That's much better. Oh my God, I, that's good. I just made that up. Yeah. <laughs> right off my head. I was thinking like maybe maybe some wreckage could have fallen on the gun and, and he looks around like, how am I going to get this wreckage off? And then machetes it off. <laughs> machetes there and he just like grabs it and he's like, ah. <laughs> but I like yours way better. Any good chef uses a machete or something. It's yeah. like a, oh, so many better ways of doing it. Anyway, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so I think that's probably, we rambled a bit there, but I think that's probably the end of the Alley Tally this week. Um, Matt, I'm not going to talk about my favourite scene again because I don't I don't have any. Matt, please, favourite scene. favorite scene in the film is any scene where the crew are manning the 20 millimeter orlicans because they all deserve oscars they do for their performances They're so all these guys best. are like every time like action stations is called they all run to the guns and they put on the little flat jackets and the little um the helmets and stuff and they they man the guns and obviously the guns aren't firing because they're it's a museum ship so you got guys there just just going hell for leather trying to Shaking. imitate the recoil of a 20 yeah. millimeter and yeah. some of them are some of them are not too bad. It's a but sliding some, scale of accuracy. <laughs> some of them look like they're having like a really nice, like a, a, a real like experience with the guns because they're <laughs> just like riding them. Some of it, some of it's hilariously bad. I think Matt said in the chat something like, "Oh, um, are they trying to make love to these weapons or something?" <laughs> I don't know whether I was quite that pleasant with it, but. <laughs> no. um, that's my favourite scene because yeah. they're doing their best. This is the thing. This is what I bring come back to at the start. That they, they get the short end of the stick, those guys. They do. It's unfair. You know, all the good juicy lines are given to Roberts, me, Treo, and Baldwin. They get all the good juicy stuff. And the legwork's done by this ensemble of young upcoming actors, probably trying yeah. to get their foot in the door, Hollywood, you know, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, this movie's gonna, you know, it's an Eric Roberts movie. Cool, cool. He's you know, big name. Yeah. And it's like it's unfair because they get they they made are made to look stupid through poor script, poor editing, everything else, bleeding into final thoughts now. And that that's my main problem with this movie is that I feel sorry for the cast. 
I feel sorry for the, the you know, the, the probably freelance editors, the whoever came in to maybe try and save this move in the edit. Yeah. And now everyone online ridicules it. One of its reviews on IMDb literally says, do not bother watching this movie. It's terrible. There's a lot of one stars. Yeah. A lot of one stars, things like that. And these, you know, these movies are bad. You know, we've, we've talked about D-Day Dog Company before. That might actually be, be better than this. And that's saying, well, something, that's saying a lot. Better. Yeah. The kit's better. But it's just like, I don't like these movies because they, I just don't like these films. They drag the genre down as well. They, Yeah, this me and Matt was having this conversation. They drag the genre down. When people think of war movies, some people might think of these types of movies because it makes a mockery of, of warfare and it makes a mockery of all the things that the genre can do well and tug on your heartstrings. Yeah. You end up with characters you don't care about dying in situations that echo real events and then that upsets me because it's like you you just need to do better and especially when you're coming off the bat this is the thing we come back to as well is when you come into your movie saying right this movie is based on true events here's yeah. a preamble of it's nice and, and it names three. it names the ship after a real it names ship the ship after a real ship obviously people yeah. did serve on that ship that ship itself is way more interesting. You can get a way more better movie just by following yeah. that ship's history. If you come at this from, this is a completely made up bullshit event, then I might have had a bit of fun for the ride type thing. But looking back at it, I'm just like, nah, fuck, fuck you movie. It's fucking crap. I don't recommend it. This is what, <laughs> this is the first time I genuinely will just say to everyone listening, don't bother. I feel really sorry for the, for the, as I say again, feel sorry for that ensemble of actors who you know did their best but as far as the rest of it i just i just can't i can't recommend it man shock horror i know well i will recommend it because everyone needs a laugh now and then but i yeah, yeah agree. i mean i'll give you that i completely if agree with the sentiments that it if you've got does make a curiosity if you're gonna go on like hollywood is always guilty of embellishing and changing true stories but this is another level um but i think I think for me, what we're looking at is it's the dialogue is clunky in places. Um, you've got bad sets, awful CGI, fairly some fairly weak performances considering what we've got. Um, as you say, the, the younger guys aren't bad. And I think the weak performances, it just comes from really not being inspired by the script. Sure it is. And it's paycheck, I mean, isn't it? Because like they're all they're all capable. I'm sure yeah. they're all capable. Because none of them are like stumbling over stuff. None of it's stop starting. None of it's mm. none of it's um, you know bad. It's not bad acting. It's just it doesn't. It's not really bad gel. acting. It's just not. It's just during the scenery. It's no. You're not caring. Yeah. No, exactly. It's a paycheck, isn't yeah. it? At the end of the day, editing's it's questionable. There's some really questionable editing in there um, where they they you know as we mentioned with that AR-15. And then my other, my true favorite scene is the last shot, right the the last of, the shot of the film. Yeah. I love this scene. Eric Roberts and his exo are trying to have a conversation and it's heartfelt. And they're talking about how they, you know, they believe in one another. And that if Roberts gets the, the light cruiser that, that he's been promised in the, <laughs> the Pacific by um, Bradley, how Bradley, Bradley promising could, him a ship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bollocks isn't it absolute um, tosh anyway they walk off back towards the the bridge down a gangway and there's a there's a, a beautiful shot in here where the camera is it's it's on a it's a, it's a mid shot looking at the two of them talk waist high they walk off and you think oh you're gonna get like, like a nice little little Maybe shot fate of pans, credits, something like that pans, pans to them walking down the hall just like a leading eye shot straight down what you know two guys walking off um <laughs> camera pans and it pans straight to the bulkhead it's so weird isn't it <laughs> it's so bizarre it's like they just like they they it must have been a steady cam and they just like panned and but there's they even pan like a weird on it. it's, yeah. it's almost like the cameraman realized that oh god i've panned up to the wrong thing oh god and he quickly swings back <laughs> and it's like is that the only take of that you fucking did <laughs> you just see like Eric, Eric Roberts's leg is the only part that yeah. you see walking it's off. So, so they don't weird. get that nice walking off into the fade shot. It's just a bulkhead. I like, love it. Do it it's again. so bad. 
it, it, this is my whole problem with this movie. It's like, just shoot it again. No, the museum ship's closing. Right, they need to go. Oh, maybe. And there's another thing as well before we go into the outro. Bits of the ship where obviously they're filming the best angle they can get. And it is that angle yeah. you're talking about, the bulkhead angle. Yeah. But there's bits in that where you can see like clearly like there's a lighthouse in the background when they're filming at night <laughs> yeah. and they haven't bothered to just put, I could have put a solid block on Final Cut over that light and you'd never yeah. have known it was there. Oh, yeah. There's bits where you've got modern Bond ships. Speedboat. Speedboat or a jet ski going boat. past. I'm like, just wait five minutes. Cool cut. Wait five seconds and do Breathe that in. again. It's yeah. not going to make your movie better. It's not going to win awards, but at least it won't be an immersion break. Well, it'll look competent. I know. I know. I'm expecting a way more out of this movie, but it's just small. T- I'm not a filmmaker. I've, you know, it's I've the been best bulkhead sets. shot in cinema, Rob. I'm calling it now. It's the <laughs> best bulkhead shot that you will ever see yeah, in a film. Yeah. It, it's no. I mean, it's no cruel sea, is it? No. no it's not cruel no, sea. It's not even probably, It's not even um, Greyhound. A lot of that was shot green screen. Oh, anyway. I think that probably brings us to the the end of that one there. Um, as you can tell, didn't really enjoy that one this week. <laughs> but you know, we're here to watch the films and let you know whether yeah. they're worth a watch. Exactly, um, they're all worth talking about, whether they, they know, inspire yeah. or they in, infuriate. Catch us on Twitter, uh, Facebook, TikTok, all the social medias. You'll find us on there. You find the entire back catalogue of the show on finalfilm.com. Please do have a foth binge catch up from the first episode all the way through till now. I'm sure you'll find some movies you might not have heard of. You might even be able to listen to the our opinions of some of your favourite movies. Who knows? And I can assure everyone that they're all probably better films than this one. Probably. Yeah. Even Death Trench, actually. I think even Death Trench had yeah. more going than this did. There we go, guys. There we go. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Leave us a review on Apple Pods if you'd be so kind. And we'll catch you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.